I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. Today on the show, we're going to jump right into several brand new machines that are on the market, starting with the Can-Am Maverick Sport, talking about the new Razor Turbo S, and then we're going to have some time to get to know Casey better and his revolving hotel of a house he lives in, uh, and visit a little bit about one of his house guests that he's had as of late. So please sit back, relax, keep your eyes on the road, and don't worry, we are professionals. So let's jump right into it. What do you say? I'm ready, man. We're, uh, we're going to be talking about this all-new Can-Am Maverick Sport Model Year 19 vehicle. What do you think? I think it's nuts that we're already in the 2019s. That's what I think. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree, man. It's uh, it's been a heck of a 2017 slash 2018 model year, and uh, I mean, shoot, we're only what four months into 2018 here, and we've already got a two, uh, yeah. 2019 model release. Yeah, I mean that we're looking at two 2019s today, and I didn't think we'd be looking at new 2019s till we got into June, which is pretty typical, right? It's pretty traditional how uh, how these guys do their releases and stuff, and um, it's it's been pretty neat. Uh, like I said, this new Maverick Sport, um, it's it's all new from Can Am. It kind of builds off of the uh, Maverick Trail uh, platform and chassis and stuff. It's got a lot of the same features in it and everything, um, but it's a 60 inch wide machine now instead of 50. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a very neat offering um, within the industry for sure. Yeah, and I, I think it's safe to say, I mean, I didn't see this one coming and being released as quickly as it has been. So it was a surprise when I got that press release. Yeah, yeah, and for sure, like I said, it's a uh, it's a good surprise. So this thing, uh, like we said, it's it's a 60-inch machine, um, but it's offered in two main models. We either have a, a regular Maverick Sport or you have a Maverick Sport DPS model, and that DPS model can be had uh, with either the standard uh, 1000 um, cc engine or sorry 976 cc engine but it's a 1000 model Um, that one in particular has 75 horsepower or you can also get the maverick sport dps in a 1000 r model that has uh, 100 horsepower out of that same uh, rotax 976 cc uh, v-twin engine so lots of Lots of different offerings, you know. If you want to, uh, if you want to have a base model, it's it's you know fairly um, actually reasonably priced too. It's a, it starts at fourteen thousand six hundred ninety nine dollars um, US, and uh, you can option the uh, Sport DPS model. Either uh, the thousand is sixteen four ninety nine, or the one thousand R is seventeen nine ninety nine. So it's got a it's got a good range for a potential of buyers, you know, whether you uh, you want a base model or you, you know, you can uh, option it out, like I said, to that top of the line 1000R too. And let's face it, that's the one that we want. Yeah, yeah. It has <laughs> all the creature comforts, there's no doubt about it. It's interesting because Can-Am, I think the 60-inch is the sweet spot in the market. I really do. Yeah. For, for all-around trail riding, I think 60-inch is the sweet spot. And we see that with Polaris bringing their their S models, their Razor S models to the 60-inch width. We see that with uh, K&M now having a 60-inch width. And that just allows the stability, the comfort, the wheel travel, the ground clearance. 
and still allows for plenty of comfort in the cab. So it really does seem like the segments are are, are coming out to be 50-inch, 60-inch, 64, and then, of course, up from there, as we'll talk about in a minute, those seem mm-hmm. to be the widths that are that are coming out. And it is also interesting to me that, like Yamaha, as an example, their trail machine, the Wolverine, is just a shade over 60 inches, but I would argue that it's close enough to 60 to to where the categories do line up. Yeah, I would agree so, with you. So, um, you know, I mean, that kind of seems to be the way the market is breaking out. And for, for me, 60 inches is ideal. You could still have sport, but you have that added stability and interior comfort, which we'll touch on. You know, a lot of people aren't restricted to those 50-inch trails. But those that are can get a 50, and those that aren't can get a 60 or above. Right, exactly. And this this chassis... Um, it's going to be, it's just like you said, it's, it's a very, it's the in-betweener as we can call it. And, uh, you know, it's a very, <laughs> very fun, uh, that size of that 16 inch width is, uh, is super fun to drive too. Um, now we haven't driven this Maverick sport yet. Um, but at the same yet. time we can, we can infer that, uh, that it's a fun yeah. one just based off of our experience and not only the X3, but also the Maverick trail, which is, uh, seemingly pretty, uh, pretty close in not only the chassis dynamics and stuff um, to this Maverick Sport, but uh, it looks like the interior is pretty similar and stuff. So we'll have to compare them directly here to uh, you know to really see what the differences are. But um, yeah, it looks it looks pretty similar. And from our experience, like I said, in that trail model, uh, this thing is is really um, has a lot of potential to live up to um, what that trail is. I mean, that, and that's a, a great machine for all around riding, and not only just on 50 inch wide trails. From the little bit of research that I did on it, everything about the sport is the same except for the suspension and the fact that the doors are bowed out to give you more elbow room. That the rest of the machine, the chassis, the wheelbase, the body panels, everything is the same. And I will say it looks like from the picture, it's got uh, wheel... uh, Wheel flares. I was going to say wheel wheel covers. No, wheel flares. <laughs> and those extend out a little bit. But as far as the guts of the of the side-by-side, it's the same with the exception of the suspension. So it should ride better, which is hard to believe I'm saying that because really and truly, the trail is outstanding. It got plenty of comfort. It's a comfortable machine and it corners well, even at the 50-inch mark. So it can only get better with more ground clearance, more travel, and more stability. I would still tell everyone that the trail version of the Maverick was so stable I couldn't believe it. At 50 inches, I was just really astounded by the level of stability it had. So this is only better. We've seen Can-Am just come out of the gate swinging in the last, what, three years? And and they, as we would say, have stayed on the gas pardon the pun and the ridiculous marketing scheme there, but stayed on the gas with these Maverick models. And they're just really and truly, I think they're, they're just on top. They're just dominating these segments now as they're coming out with a higher level, higher quality machine. Uh, it's been really impressive to see. Yeah, and, and you hit the nail on the head right there with the, the quality and the comfort. And there's there's some really key components to what makes this, you know, the Maverick lineup and just Can-Am's overall off-road lineup special. 
Um, you know, you're, you're, you're getting that comfort over some of the other, other offerings um, in the industry. Um, you're getting, you know, reliability, uh, serviceability. You know, they've made some changes in the actual design to where it makes them most serviceable. You know, where other competitors, I mean, we're being honest here, like the Razer platform was easier to service there for a long time. Well, now Can-Am has incorporated a lot of different um, design techniques and you know placements of you know say the motor and transmission and that kind of stuff to where now it's easier to work on these machines if you actually have to but you know they're they're pretty confident in their their workmanship and their maintenance schedules and stuff because they're actually telling you and uh, correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure it's the same on this Maverick Sport to where you know you don't have to uh, maintenance it for a year you know when you first buy it it's, yeah it's guaranteed that's right so that's yeah right. I mean I, I appreciate that stuff. You know, when I'm going to look at a machine, um, you know, granted the factory warranty, it's it's still six months. So it's not like a Kawasaki of a three-year standard warranty or something. But you can extend it out to 30 months for the Can-Am. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, they've increased uh, their, their durability and everything to where, you know, you pick up one of these machines and um, you know you're getting a solid package right off the showroom floor. I think it's safe to say and fair to say that these machines in general as a whole throughout the industry the level of the level of quality attention to detail is just going up yeah but let's dive into a couple of other things about the sport and a lot of this we're gleaning off of having a i would say a fair statement a lot of experience with the Maverick Trail and a lot of that just trans transfers over we think to the sport version things like the quietness of the engine I think that's, from what I've read, is going to be a really big deal here as well. And I love that. I love that across the industry, it's becoming a priority to make the engine quieter so that we can carry on a conversation without having to yell at each other. It's a big deal. Right. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than sitting there trying to yell at somebody you're riding with, and they're only sitting two feet away, if that. Right. Like, something needs to change. And so that's been a priority in the comfort of the cab of a lot of these side-by-sides and in the engineering that goes into them. Yeah, I don't want to be yelling yelling at you through a helmet, that's for sure. Yeah. When I think about the Maverick Trail, I remember even as a short guy, it was not a huge deal for me, but the doors and, and feeling a little cramped, I, I'm, I know that taller people like you, those doors really kind of elbow you in. For me, it's not as big of a deal. So the fact that they were able to bring these doors out and give you more arm room and elbow room, I'm sure is a big deal in the sport version. It will be nice. I mean, I think uh, I wasn't I wasn't really confined too bad in the trail, like you said. I mean, it was a little tight, but uh, we we had normally two people in there um, all the time, and and uh, you know we were we were good. But at uh, at the same time, yes, I, the the extra room will be appreciated. I mean, uh, to go along with that. Uh, you know, things that we loved about the trail are kept here in the sport, like the, the uh, storage capacity inside and that glove box. Uh, you remember that thing? It's huge. Oh, I remember over... the glove box. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> over four gallons. It's crazy for that. Yeah. Um, the, the driver storage compartment just above the, or right in front of the steering wheel, you know, it's almost another half a gallon. You got a couple cup holders, um, you know, all this stuff, it, it all adds up to be, uh, to where the, you know, it really makes the machine livable on either a day ride or an overnighter ride or anything like that. You know, you can, uh, you can still haul, uh, what is it? 300 pounds. Yep. 300 pounds in the cargo box capacity. 
Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a pretty significant amount too. Um, you know, Can-Am has their link attachment systems to where you can put uh, different, you know, storage um, containers on there. Um, obviously, you can get your own as well. Um, so there's, you know, there's, it's definitely, it's got the, not only the capacity, but the capability to, uh, to, uh, you know, to take you on a long um, trail ride, which is, I mean, heck, that's what you want, right? Yeah, that's what I want. I want an adventure. I want, yeah. I'm already wanting to take an adventure in a Maverick Sport. We're going to have to make that happen. Exactly, exactly. And uh, one thing I noticed too, and, and like you said earlier, the, the Maverick Trail uh, didn't ride bad or it didn't have bad suspension. Um, it's funny because it has uh, it, it has shocks on it that really are uh, no names, I guess you could call them. I mean, they're just standard, standard uh, you know, gas charge shocks that are on there. So this uh, Maverick Sport has actually, it's got Fox 2.0 podiums on it. Um, so that should be interesting to see how that compares, you know, I mean, obviously with a wider vehicle, it should have with that wider stance and everything should have a little bit better of a ride, um, too. So, you know, couple that with the Vox podium shocks, you got 11 and a half inches of travel in the front. You got 12 inches of rear suspension travel, um, you know, front and rear sway bars too. So, uh, it should be, yeah, like I said, it, uh, it should be a very interesting, um, ride and, and pretty damn good too, I would say. Yeah. I think that's safe to assume. I noticed too, let's talk about the engine just real quick, Be yeah. more, jump into that. So you really do have a choice of the 75 horsepower, same engine in both of these scenarios. You have 75 and you have 100. The 75 is going to be offered both in the base version and the DPS version. And then you can opt for the 100 horsepower version of that engine and what that, really where they gain that horsepower is some enhanced airflow. You also have the air box from the X3, which I guess gives a lot more air to give you more power. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. Exactly. And it's a real technical term. It also has, like on the CVT, you get the X3 drive clutch. That 1000R version, you get a little more performance besides just the 25 horsepower. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's... uh. It's worth it. So it's a it's a fifteen hundred dollar jump when you option out that DPS model with that one one thousand R engine in it. Um, but you know, I think we when we were reviewing the trail too. I mean, it was a very apparent that the the model that was the DPS model that was fully optioned out was definitely a step above um, the standard model as as it should yeah. be. I mean, obviously. So this uh, this sport with the DPS and the thousand R engine, uh, it's. You know, I mean, not only is it going to have a lot of power, but like you said, it's um, it's it's going to be a riot to to drive because of those changes, you know, too. Yeah, and I I know for a lot of people, I'm sure they'll look at that like like again, we're comparing to say the Polaris Razor lineup. Well, they their main 900 engine kicks out 75 horsepower, and then of mm -hmm. course you can get the 100 horsepower version, the Razor 100 or 1000 100. Wow, I have derailed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's okay. And, we'll and, come to you your know, rescue. It's all right. I I'll say this. I've often asked myself on a Razor 900, would it be really worth it to me to go to the Razor 1000 if I was buying one? And of course my instinct is to say, yeah, because I'd like that little bit of additional horsepower. I'm curious to drive the sport 
the Mavericks uh, sport because I'm curious to see if you notice a big difference with that 25 horsepower. And yeah. only driving it, only driving it is going to tell us that. I don't recall going from the Razor 900 to the Razor 1000. I don't recall a big difference. I know your top end is going to be a little bit more, but I mean the the Razor 900, 75 horsepower is plenty of power. I mean you're going to top out at 60 miles an hour, maybe a little bit more with that 75. So um, anyway, I would be curious to see on that 100 horsepower the the difference in the feel of the machine but i know that there'll be probably a more significant difference between these maverick sport versions than probably the razor versions where they have the different horsepower the razor 900 razor 1000 i bet so this is going to show more of a difference i agree so you're saying we need a drag race oh that's a naughty idea I need, I wasn't even thinking that, but yes, that would be really fun. Well, uh, there you go. You know, so um, we'll get two Maverick Sports, one 1,000, one 1,000R, right. and we'll we'll see what happens. Luckily, both versions have the same tires. They're all they're both 27 inch Maxxis Bighorn 2.0 tires. I love. Um, I just would like to interject right here. I yeah. love seeing 27 inch tires coming from the factory on so many of these trail. Side by sides. Yeah. I like yep. that. I just I don't think you can have too much ground clearance. I want a foot of ground clearance. I want 12 inches of ground clearance. And that's one of the th- reasons I would buy a Razor S or a Maverick Sport to get more ground clearance. Because that two inches can be pretty significant when you're out there in the wild. Okay, sorry. I digressed on that comment. In the wild, baby. Josh is going out in the wild. Here we go. Yes, I want to be very well prepared in the right machine. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey, you know what? With 10 gallons of gas uh, in this Maverick Sport, I'm pretty sure you can get there and, uh, and there and back. I bet so. We'll have to, again, we'll have to test that too. Yeah, that was kind of a shameless plug with the fuel capacity. But I will say, and I will expand upon this later, but uh, I got over 15, almost 16 miles of the gallon in a Maverick X3 um, XRS the other day. Uh, over a 200 mile span, and I cannot believe that it got that good a mileage. Like I've, that's that's insane. So, anyways, the sport, uh, Maverick Sport, should be pretty darn good around the same. So, um, you know, yeah. expect yeah. 150 or or so miles. I'm not guaranteeing anything right this second because we haven't <laughs> driven one. But you know, at the same time, um, it's pretty it's pretty darn good. And Maverick Sport, the heaviest version weighs 1,392 pounds. Um, so that's that's you know a significant difference between that and the X3. So um, it should and, and obviously less power, no turbo, you know all that stuff. So it should be getting some pretty darn good mileage out of that. I just want to talk about DPS. Okay. Yes. You ready? Buckle up, because I'm <laughs> I'm gonna make some waves here. I don't know why anyone would buy a non-power steering version of a side by side today. Okay. Because it's worth every penny. To have that power steering. Like, I find it almost funny that the manufacturers still offer non-EPS versions of machines. But I get it because they're hitting a price point. That yeah. said, if you, when you go to the DPS version, both in this and the Maverick Trail for that matter, you're not just getting EPS. You're also getting the quick engage front diff, which you want that. <laughs> like, you want that. I would... 
like to see that on every machine that Can-Am makes, but that's another discussion. Like, um, you also get the different options for the modes, eco mode to squeeze every bit of fuel out of the drive-by wire system, regular mode, and I believe sport mode or something along those lines. I think it's three modes on that system, right? Uh, just sport and eco, I believe. Um, okay, I think you're totally right. I have a Defender right now, and it has three versions of the oh, mapping for the drive-by-wire. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, drive-by-wire being that literally it's a computer that determines how much throttle you're giving it and then telling, I'm, of course, saying this in a way I think that makes sense, but and then telling the machine, to, <laughs> yeah, the fuel injection and the throttle bodies to open and close or whatever. So it's not directly connected to your foot anymore. A lot of the machines out there are that way, but it's becoming absolute industry standard to have drive-by-wire. FYI, your cars are drive-by-wire, unless you're driving something that's 20 years old. Anyway, oh, right here. Yeah, seriously. So you get that with the DPS model also. Bottom line, buy the DPS model. Even if you don't go to the 1000R, you want the DPS model of the Maverick Sport. You just do. Spend that extra, what, fourteen, sixteen hundred dollars It's for, So it's it's $1,800, but you, like you said, you get the DPS, you get the different modes, um, you get that, that quick engaging um, front differential and stuff. So you, you get a lot for that. You get a lot. Money. You That's the one you want. Just write that down. That's the one yeah. you want. <laughs> when you're out there and and across the board you want power steering on these machines you just do yep i agree i will step off my box now i'm getting off the box okay get off that thing let's uh let's keep moving <laughs> forward i think uh wrapping up the uh the sport i mean um I'm trying to think of anything else uh, as far as the interior wise it's it's very similar to the trail um, so you know it's uh, the seats aren't quite as laid back I, I didn't find as the X3, um, which is nice. Uh, you can see over the front pretty easy. It's got that integrated uh, front bumper and stuff. So and the LED headlights when you option out uh, or not option out when you pick the DPS model, you got the um, the LEDs up front. So uh, yeah, I mean it's overall um, again you know we've uh, we sound like a broken record, but the sport. With the full doors and and everything else that comes with it, um, we liked a lot about the the Maverick Trail. So this Maverick Sport should be uh, quite the same, for sure. Yeah, full doors. Um, that full doors, should be man. said about all side by sides. Period. Full doors, yep. no holes. And I one thing I did notice, and the Sport version, it's got the gaps in the shoulders for a harness from the factory. No harness. Yes. But it's got it there. And as I recall on the trail, it does not have that. Am I wrong? I think it does. but I. You think uh, it does? Really? I think it does. Okay. Yeah, but I could be wrong. Okay, next episode. Our next episode, we'll clarify it. We'll look okay. it up. I'm making a note of it. I'm going to vote on the fact it does not have that. And you're going to go with the fact that it does. Okay, done. Okay, uh, so we'll the see. Last thing I, we'll see. Yeah, it, challenge accepted. Let's do it. Challenge uh, accepted. The last thing I need to know from you on the Maverick Sport is the, the Maverick Sport base model comes in white. I already know that you're probably not going to pick that because it doesn't have DPS. But I'm throwing out a doozy at you. So 
The Maverick Sport okay. DPS comes in red or yellow. What are you taking? White, red, or yellow? According to our Instagram and Facebook pages, I'm going to go with yellow. And I don't even know why because I like red too. But wow. And I like the, for the record, I, I, I like the white. Like if I had a choice of all three colors and the model that I wanted, I would, on this round, I would probably go yellow. Okay. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, no, hey, I'm all for it. That yellow is very how about you? sunshiny and bright. So there you go. Sunshiny and bright. I don't know how to take that. I mean, um, it is called sunburst yellow. So, you know. Yeah. It's good. Because calling it yellow would be too easy. <laughs> exactly. Got to add a little flair to it. Literally. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. I had oh, to. Oh, wow. I had oh, to. Oh, wow. <laughs> again, we're professionals. I just want to throw that out again. How about you? What color would you choose? Oh man, I am I am definitely partial to the white. Uh, I'm interested to cool. drive the non DPS model. I don't know if I feel so strongly about the DPS, but uh, I'm with you, man. I, I would pick the DPS if I had a choice. I'm picking one, but uh, man, I like that white, and and I like the white because usually on trails you're getting scratched and that kind of stuff. And from That's my a experience. Great point. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like white doesn't get scratched as bad, and you know it washes right off. Although it can get a little stained a little bit, but you know I think I just feel like the white. Uh, I don't know. I just like it. It's different. You know, it stands out. So if probably if it's not getting dirty, if it's not getting dirty, you're not doing it right. That's right. So it should be brown. So if you get white and then you <laughs> cover it in mud, you're good, man, because you're just changing the color all the time. So that's a good. We thing. should come up with. They should have a brown color, but they can't just call it brown. You have to call it like bronze or sun <laughs> sundown brown or something like that. I will get Sunburst. you a reflective bronze wrap for a vehicle. One yeah, day. I don't and even know can... what. To, yeah, seriously, I don't Ooh. even know what to say to that. Okay. 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 Let's let's move on. Let's jump on to something else. That's. Uh, I would say it's fair that it's a big kind of a big deal of what Polaris has done. Yeah, it's definitely Polaris's biggest news. Um, and, and mainly, let's let's preface that because, let's face it, I mean, Can-Am and the Maverick X3, uh, especially the XRS version, which is the 72-inch wide version, um, it was the first factory 72-inch wide machine. And it's been, as, as long as the, the desert southwest and, and the, the western states are concerned, like this thing, has the Maverick X3 has been owning it. Um, so this, uh, this all new razor that come, that came out here a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I guess, um, is the, called the razor turbo S and it's that all new factory 72 inch wide machine that we've all been thinking that might be coming out and booyah. Yeah. Here she is. Okay. And I would like to take this opportunity to say, are you ready? You sitting down? Um, yep. I told you so. I told you so. I said at the beginning of the year in our podcast, I said I felt like this was the year Polaris was going to come out with something that competed with the 72-inch X3. And you were like, no, I don't think this is the year. So I told you so. (laughs) Hey, yes, you did. I will fully admit that. that, uh, I thought it was going to last. What did I say? Another year, right? I told you. Yeah, you said another year. Okay. Wait, let's to be fair, it could have gone either way. Really. It could have. And I so I'm I'm 
I'm still on the fence about this, just from my own perspective, because I don't know if the Turbo S is everything that I was expecting it to be to compete with the X3, but we'll get into that here in just a minute. So you can uh, yeah. <laughs> you can tell me what you think of this thing. How about that? Yeah, you can cling to the hope, but I, I, I'm still going with, I felt like this was the year and boom, we made it three months. <laughs> I didn't last very long, did I? <laughs> no, you really didn't. Now that we're talking Jeez. about it. Oh man, what a stinkwad! That's awesome. I love it. I was okay. Uh, I was not on top of it there. <laughs> well, for the record, we really don't know about this stuff, guys. Like, yeah. Sometimes we hear rumblings. We've even we've even had some cool opportunities to see things out in you know being tested or in the desert that most people don't get to see sheerly by chance. We don't know. These guys are so tight-lipped about this stuff. It's not even funny. It's true. I've uh, yeah, we've definitely seen some uh, some cool new products here uh, that are coming out in the next couple of years. Just randomly testing out in the desert, but um, you know anybody can go out there and see them. So we're not saying we're yeah we're special or anything. We're gonna put way, out but... some. We're gonna put out some secret cameras. We're gonna get drones involved. Like oh man, like the Ayo. military level drones, and just keep an eye on those areas in the desert where they where we. <laughs> We know they right. test the stuff. <laughs> oh man! Well, I'm sure we could have seen the uh, the Turbo S out there at some point. I did see the RS1 uh, almost a year ahead of time uh, out there, but hey, you know that was a uh, that was just a chance sighting. Um, so yeah, the okay. uh, the cool part, yeah, the the Turbo S, and I mean, you're welcome to uh, jump into it if you want here, give an overview. Guys, I always think Casey is the expert in this arena. Uh, particularly because of where he lives and his own experience. But I will take a stab at it. Okay. I'm learning. I'm learning. That's all I can say. So this is, I would say, Polaris's answer to the 72-inch wide Maverick X3. And I would love to know if this was ever in the plans on paper before Can-Am dropped the X3. I would love to know that. But regardless, they said this has been in development for a couple of years. It's, as I said, 72 inches wide. Big travel numbers. We'll get into that. Engine is the, the same turbo that is, in the, is offered in the other turbo models at 168 horsepower. So the X3 still is on top there. I wouldn't be surprised if we see on the 2019 version of this. It comes out in probably July-ish. If they're not going to do something to up the power, but honestly, we're talking so much power. Who cares? These yeah. power numbers. Also, we've driven from, them both. They don't. They don't need any more power. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. And by that, I mean we have not driven the Turbo S as of yet. Right. We talked to uh, one of the guys that did get to drive it, and I've also watched a video a little bit about it, and they said they've raised the limiter on it up to, I think, 85, which is funny. They said that the the regular turbo model is like limited to 79 or 80 miles an hour, yet when we were in the desert, I ran it to 84. And yeah. so I found that funny, and that would be pretty much sea level. So I don't know if maybe the, maybe the, it was off in the machine that I was driving, but I mean, it came right from the factory, so I have no idea. I just know I went 84 miles an hour in it, and it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. With a big old smile on your face. Yeah, not only that, but 
I mean, clearly the limiter kicked on. You can feel that rev limiter kick on on that thing that it had plenty more in the tank because at 80 and you give it, you put your foot down and it jumps, which is just amazing, but it's ridiculous speed. So whatever. It's a lot of fun. Same engine, but uh, at first glance, it would be easy to say that this Razor, the Turbo S, is the same in a lot of ways. The truth is it's not. The videos that I've seen and the guys that I've talked to that were there for the intro were very clear that everything has been beefed up. And the engineers have talked about that. Because when you when you hang those wheels and tires off an additional 10 inches, you get a lot more pressures on the different components. So as an example, the front diff on this thing is, is three times more sturdy and built sturdier and two times the size. They had it on a table at the intro I saw in a video. It's huge. Yeah. Um, they talked about just the, the trailing arms have been beefed up substantially and, and bent and done a different way in, in manufacturing to be much heavier duty because what they were having trouble with they were breaking things constantly when they were trying to figure out how to extend those wheels and tires out and still have this durability that they need. So it's not just the same machine with longer travel. I mean, it is completely beefed up, completely redone. As far as the suspension components, there's a lot more going on with this thing. I'm going to take a breath and let you take over. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Just as you were saying, I mean, the uh, everything, the suspension-wise, that's the suspension components. That's really where you're going to notice the beefed-up machines. I mean, I, I or the beefed-up components on this machine. Um, I took a look at the rest of the chassis of it. Um, you're going to notice some gus- more gusseting and stuff in the roof line, so the ROPS uh, cage system. Uh, that, you know, has some better gusseting. It's also, it's a true, um, uh, I want to say, six-point attachment system um anyways the last one was a six point attachment system though so anyways um yeah it's a it's it's just a it's a better built vehicle um all around and then also um those outside suspension components so whether you're talking about the trailing arms like you mentioned um the a arms the a arms are the the tubing of the a arms is so much bigger and it's gusseted um you know compared to just say uh if we're Comparing the XP Turbo Dynamics Edition um, to this XP Turbo S, um, you know, like I said, the, the Turbo S has the bigger components there. Um, that the isolated front diff um, that you mentioned, that thing is huge. And unfortunately, we've already asked if that one can be retrofitted to fit in a uh, XP Turbo a 64 inch version, and it cannot, unfortunately, because it is. So yeah, much bigger. I can't there imagine is. that it'd be able to. Yeah, the chassis is different. Everything's um, everything's different up there. Um, you'll notice uh, to go along with those differences up front, the uh, front fascia is different. Um, those those lights in the front, I mean, they are menacing. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, they I mean, are. It yeah, looks it gives, cool. Yeah, it like, gives it a whole new look the, in, the, in the you know it's the stance different. and everything. Yeah. The, uh, the hood is um, slightly different um, compared to what it was on the uh, last models. Um, let's see. So, and then, like I said, the, um, 
uh, suspension is different um, on the outside. So you're going to notice too that this thing comes with 15-inch wheels, which is awesome. I, I awesome. so wish the X3 XRS came with 15-inch wheels because when you're out in the middle of the desert and you're in a rocky location, I cannot tell you how many scrapes. Like I should, I should post a picture in the show notes of how many scrapes that are on the inside of the wheels. Um, and I've, I've actually broken Done. the, yeah, the cleanouts that uh, are on the X3. It's a plastic piece that that functions as a clean out so that it uh, you know the the rocks can actually um, work their way out. I can't, I can't blank and I can't think of the word right now. But basically, like a clean out sort of thing. Like they should be angled so it cleans itself out or something. Well, they're not, and so you know you've got you've got uh, rock marks all the way on the inside of the wheels, and so these 15 inch wheels essentially should take care of that. I mean, I've run 15 inch wheels now on the X3 and what a difference, you know, it's a huge difference. So, um, yeah, the 15 inch wheels on the Turbo S should be amazing. It comes stock with 32 inch ITP Coyote tires. Um, and which that's a is, big deal. Yeah, yeah. And they're an all new offering from ITP, uh, made in the USA as far as I know as well, which is really cool. Uh, Very cool. a lot of tires aren't so, you know, Hey, why not? Right. Um, so yeah, those are the two on the outside, on the, the perimeter of the vehicle. Those are the two big things. Um, as we work our way in, uh, the next thing you'll notice is the Dynamics Active Suspension System, which uh, you know gets its. It comes from the XP Turbo Dynamics Edition, um, but this is completely different spring rates and that stuff to be able to handle the the higher speeds and the wider width and everything that this Turbo S can handle. Um, from the videos, like you mentioned, that we've seen and everything. Um, it really, it really, really looks like it handles the big bumps better, and it doesn't have that characteristic uh, kickback that a Razor chassis has always had um, from a stock, you know, stock standpoint. So um, I'm really looking forward to that, especially in the rear. Um, it comes with instead of two and a half inch uh, Fox shocks, um, they're internal um, internal bypass shocks on the XP. Um, or actually they're both internal bypass shocks. But anyways, instead of two and a halfs, like on the XP Turbo, on the XP Turbo S, they're three inch on the rear and uh, two and a half inch on the front. And I think the last thing that uh, people are getting kind of confused about, not the last thing, but one of the things that people are getting kind of confused about is Polaris has, you know, published a number that's, that's um, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's basically a shot at Can-Am essentially. Um, a usable <laughs> travel number, and then an actual... I'm confused about this too. Yeah. But so good news, folks. Casey can explain it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'll, I'll do my best here. So they've published two numbers. They're saying that it has 24.8 inches of usable travel on this Turbo S, and then in all reality, it has 19 inches of front wheel travel and 21 inches of rear wheel travel. Well, so here's the deal: the Can-Am, the Maverick X3. Uh, it has 24 inches of travel in the back and 22 in the front. Well, when when that is bottomed out, like when all the travel is taken up and you use up all 24 inches of rear travel on the Can-Am, it is bottoming out. So the skid plate is on the ground at the 24 inches. Whereas the Razor chassis is designed to where when it, when it is completely um, bottomed out and used up all of its 21 inches of rear wheel travel, it still has... 3.8 inches of ground clearance. So that's where they're saying that, you know, when they're measuring all the way to the ground, they're saying it has 24.8 inches of usable travel because that extra 3.8 is is actually where the, the chassis is not bottomed out yet. So 
Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay, so anyways, you you've I think got that's three, a good explanation. Yeah. Yeah, in in a sense, you have three and a half inches, a little over three and a half inches of ground clearance when the travel is completely bottomed. So you know you can still, you know they're they're just basically saying it so that it's a, um, you know you, you're not going to hit a rock and you know it's it's not going to completely dent the chassis or something like that. Now, what they're not saying too is that the Can Am comes with a really a better skid plate still than the Turbo S. So you know you. I mean, the uh, the bottoming out is not as affected, you know, on, on the Can-Am as it is on the Turbo S. But the chances of you bottoming out on a Turbo S is obviously not likely because you'd have to have some kind of rut in the middle of the car or something like that. So I see yeah. where they're getting at, and uh, it makes sense. And that is, you know, the Turbo S, that is properly, proper um, chassis design is you should have extra ground clearance um, when the when the travel is fully bottomed. So um, kudos to Polaris because they they realize this and their engineers um, you know 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 how to design that suspension setup to where it's like that and and that's how it should be. So can I throw a couple of things in here? Absolutely. Okay. A couple of things I noticed that these, of course, it's dual ARMs up front for the suspension. They're high clearance, which is becoming more and more common. I'm. I'm noticing on Polaris products, which I like, um, and not just Polaris products for that matter. Mm-hmm. So th- there's more of that clearance across the entire front of the machine. Uh, anyway, high arc, I love it. Um, also, some of the stuff I've read talks about Polaris went to a lot of links. I can't say that right. Links in order to isolate what's going on in the front end from the steering feedback that comes to the driver so that it's, it's less likely to have, I don't know, negative feedback. So that's something I read in here that I thought was interesting. They've isolated the front steering components to make it less shutter. I would call it shutter, but that's just a word I like to use and play and such in the steering, making it feel more reliable. It's more of a feeling than anything else but one that I've noticed on others. So I appreciate that. I agree with you totally from what I've seen and what I've heard, the dynamics active suspension system and some of the things that we noticed about it when we drove the dynamics edition of the XP turbo, they have redone it, recalibrated it and reworked it for this model. And some of the people that we trust and I'm going to throw up a video from UTV Guide on our show notes, and John Crowley talks about, and you can listen. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, you can listen to what he says, but I mean, this thing handles terrain out in the desert at high speeds like a beast. So much so that I think somewhere in some marketing cubbyhole, they talk about beast mode on this thing and the fangs, which are those LED lights on the front. Um, the grill, which do look cool. I just can't wait to drive one. And more importantly, Casey, I can't wait for you to drive one because you have a better feel for that kind of riding than I do for now. I've got some learning to do, but I'm excited. Like I'm excited about this. Polaris brought it with this machine. Definitely. Yeah, they did. Um, they, they really did. They incorporated like all the changes that we, that we had had. Um, just like you said, I'm looking forward to driving one. Traditionally the Razor chassis is a little bit more of a, a get up on the wheel sort of thing, um, you know, sort of driving machine. 
which is really fun. It's kind of kind of like uh, I I've never driven a Ferrari or a McLaren, but you know, sort of what uh, we've heard with those challenge or, or accepted. Like, yeah, right. Or or comparing. Here's a better way. So you're either gonna you're gonna uh, drive a, a Porsche 911, yeah, a GT3 versus a turbo, you know, thing like the turbo is got all this power and you know it can uh, it can kind of <laughs> uh, cruise along or it can be the boulevard car too and the show me off type of thing. Whereas the GT3 or GT2 for that matter, I mean they're they're meant to be track cars and, and like just slay the road surface, you know. So I'm interested <laughs> to see how that uh, how that plays out with with this car, whether it you know takes more of that like docile sort of you know but i can go really fast sort of mentality or if it's just like i'm gonna go fast all the time and that's just how you have to drive me sort of mentality you know well it'll be interesting hopefully we'll get to drive one here pretty soon for the record we put in the request we put in the request to get one of these things out in casey's part of the world and be able to kind of put it through the paces and see what it's capable of and if we get one you will have a video review of it asap yeah no it'll be good so it'll be good. It does. Uh, I will say too, I, I'm excited because um, the X3 started this. I was really excited about it. Um, the Turbo S continues it to where uh, they come with four point harnesses stock. Um, I think this is uh, it's an absolute mandatory thing for something that can uh, for a vehicle that can go uh, like you said, 85 miles an hour. Um, I don't know why we, you would ever want a three point harness in something that can go that fast. So um, I'm excited that they did this um, and stuff. So that's a, a good change on the inside. There's there's actually uh, quite a few changes on the inside, uh, on the interior of this machine. And um, not only does it come with ride command, which, um, you know, we've talked about it a bunch on here. Um, we'll continue talking about it. But, I mean, the, the way that ride command integrates your... Your Senna system or your Bluetooth audio system, which can be a Senna system, um, you know, or uh, your GoPro or your navigation with Ride Command itself. Navigation um, is the one that matters to me. Yes, that, it that is You amazing. have a screen and you can navigate and see other riders if they're carrying the uh, Polaris app and you have a cell signal, that's important. Then you yep. can see where the other people are that are driving their machines in your party. But regardless of that, you have SatNav. And exactly. I think that's a big deal. And it's awesome because it's integrated right there. And it's glove touch. So, I mean, you can still wear your gloves and stuff. Um, the, the the modes, you know, to be able to see the vitals of the machine are great. Um, you still get your speedometer, odometers, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I always love watching uh, the, the cooling temperature and all that to make sure everything's good and um, in check too. Um, so, you know, transferring between screens is super easy. Um, and doing that um, also, what's really cool is that they, they actually put the general dash in this vehicle as well. Um, and it's behind the Sparco steering yeah. wheel. So not only is the Sparco steering wheel cool, because it actually brings it, it seems like anyways, it brings it back towards you a little bit, which is nice for a more aggressive driving position. Um, but the, uh, the, the dash is great to have right in front of you, because then you can have, you know, you can look at the, the center screen if you want, the ride command screen, but... Um, you know, your co-driver can look at that or, you know, your passenger or whatever um, can be there looking at the screen. You can just really, it's in line of sight to look down at the dash, which is really nice. Um, they didn't have that before. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of having that right in front of you um, to that. And then they also put more storage options in the Turbo S um, with a, actually, it's, it's not necessarily a bigger storage option, but the center glove box is now a turn dial to lock it. Um, 
or to close it to shut it uh, tight. So that's that's really nice. Um, and then you have the switches in there that are already pre-cut. So which is really nice because then you don't have to take a Dremel out and cut your switches out <laughs> of like a, like a regular <laughs> Razor Dash. So um, coupled that with you know the pre-cut the switch bank that's already on. Uh, not the switch bank, but sorry, the wire bank. Essentially, that's uh, that's up front. Um, wiring accessories on this Turbo S is going to be pretty darn easy um, to do. So that's pretty exciting, right there. I love how the manufacturers, not just Polaris, but really all of them, understand now that people want to add stuff after the fact, and they're putting those power, those banks, extra fuses and such, and pre-wiring a lot of these vehicles to add that extra stuff. And including the switches in the dashboard, like that's mm-hmm. that's way to listen to the customers and what they're using, you know what exactly. they're doing with them. I appreciate that. So yeah, and the best system I had seen was the Wolverine X4 because it just has little rubber um, inserts in there, and you just pop the rubber inserts out, and boom, there you go. You've got. Uh, I mean, Yamaha just made it super easy to put accessories in there, and now Polaris. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what these have um, in the Turbo S is just those rubber inserts again, and man. Uh, that's a, uh, that just, that makes my day you know, being able to do that. Um, and put, put <laughs> that in, makes uh, your day, huh? <laughs> it makes my day, man. It makes, cause I love putting lights, you know, or two A pillar lights on a car. Like I did it the other day. Um, when we went up to Laughlin and stuff, I put two A pillar lights on a car and because the X3 has those, um, banks that are already pre-cut and stuff, I just popped a switch in there, put a wire, put a power lead in it and put the wires up to the lights. Life was good. It was super easy. So, yeah. you know, I mean, this is the same thing where you can do this with the Turbo S now. Um, so kudos to Polaris for doing that. It's good. Yeah. So that kind of wraps that stuff up. And we'll do more on this, I know, as we're moving forward. Hopefully we'll, uh, we may do some kind of a, I don't know, a walkthrough on our YouTube channel here soon on that vehicle. But hopefully we'll have one here soon enough so we can, so we can actually do a, like a video review of it. So stay tuned on that, and we'll put links to different things. We mentioned John Crowley with UTV Guide. We'll throw that video up on our show notes on thoroughlongpodcast.com, um, and you guys can check that out. That kind of wraps up that vehicle. As a lot of you guys know, because we've talked about it, Katie lives out in Lake Havasu, which is in Arizona, right on the California border. I only know this because I've been re- you know, in the last, what? I was out there last July. I can't believe it's been that long. Guys, I could tell you this. It's really, really freaking hot um, in July in Lake Havasu. Um, it's it's a desert for a reason. You know what I'm saying? But that's a huge like hub of, as you would say, the, the out west or southwest desert riding, dune riding kind of people. So out there in the desert where Casey lives, not only can you drive around on the streets... But literally, you just go out of town and you're in the desert and you can ride for what? Literally thousands of miles of just places to go, (laughs) at least in the middle of nowhere. So um, it's a really popular spot for all kinds of adventure type and testing facilities and that sort of thing. So Casey just like has people that, that just comes in and stays with them, apparently, when they need a place to stay when they're out riders and and so i want you to just kind of tell people who just happened to stop in and stay with you for a few days and you guys went out and had a pretty good ride and i'll let you take it from there oh man well okay so first of all this is not an open invitation 
for anybody to come. Yeah, I guess we should say that. Notice we've (laughs) never given out an address, but just know that he's there. Yeah, no, thanks. Casey is in Lake Havasu somewhere. Yeah, right? You can find me out in the middle of the desert, um, finding the the trail less traveled. Um, So... Anyways, yeah, it's uh, it it is a mecca. Um, not that I'm encouraging anybody to to move here because it's already too busy. So, anyways, I'm gonna stay and say that uh, you should also should stay out, but come and visit uh, for a week or two. That's fine. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a cool place, and and um, one of my. It's a long story, but um, my girlfriend Jess uh, was connected with with um, one of the. I guess PR representatives for uh, Nitro Circus, and if you don't know Nitro Circus, Nitro Circus is a, is Travis Pastrana and his um, friends. They uh, started this the, literally a circus of, of uh, hooligans and and uh, GoFundery and all this kind of stuff. Um, that's that's and Tom Foolery. Tom Foolery. <laughs> yep, there you go. It's uh, it's just a blast, you know. And and these guys are all about having fun, and so. Uh, I grew up watching them and, and stuff, and, and uh, anyway, so like I said, Jess was connected with one of the PR guys, and so we ended up meeting uh, Hubert, who is everyone's favorite redneck, and I ran a story <laughs> on his, yeah, I ran a story on his adventure last year because he went all the way across the United States in uh, a two Polaris Razors and a Polaris General, and he did it um, without any chase trucks, nothing, he's just... He's the mechanic of the group, and he knows what the heck he's doing. And uh, anyways, he's just an awesome dude too. So he and I, over the time, became um, great friends, and and uh, we've we've kept in touch since I did the article and everything. And um, he started a desert racing program uh, that's promoting Action Figures Two, which is Nitro Circus's new movie that should be out uh, later this year or so, and stuff. And um, he just loves racing. He loves everything that has to do with off-road, anything with a motor, man. He is, he is the man. So, uh, anyways, like I said, we kept in touch and, and, uh, he's been staying out here with us for the last, uh, couple months here and there, you know, um, and, and kind of bouncing around from Arizona to California and building these cars that he's got and just really having a good time. So, um, he's, uh, like I said, he's been staying at the house and, uh, we've just been having a great time being able to, uh, to go ride to some extent, you know, when we can, um, uh, his schedule, he's got to, uh, he's got to be back here, uh, for doing some nitro circus stuff in the next couple months. And if you guys, this is a good promo opportunity too, but if you guys are on the East coast and you love going and riding, um, at, uh, I want to say it's the white knuckle event. So it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a brimstone brimstone. Yep. So yeah, they're going to be doing a world record jump out there. Um, this for the white knuckle event over Memorial day weekend here coming up in May. So if you can get out there, go meet them. They are just an awesome group of guys. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're funny because we call them celebrities. We think of them as celebrities and stuff cause they, they grew up doing this, but at the end of the day, they're just regular people. Um, and they love meeting, uh, just people from all walks of life. So go up to Hubert, go and say what's going on, ask him what, uh, what he's been up to and stuff. And he'll be happy to talk to you and, uh, make sure you, oh man, I wish I'll remember the cookie that he loves and, uh, bring him one of the, uh, the snickerdoodle cookies. Um, man, anyways, I'll, I'll remember it. I'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Show notes. Yeah. Show notes. So anyways, yeah, <laughs> he'll, he'll laugh at that one. But, uh, yeah, he's been staying here. We rode, uh, he rode actually from Phoenix to Laughlin for the UTV world championships, uh, last weekend. I joined him on the way. 
uh, he, he actually drove his race car um, from there, uh, from Phoenix to Laughlin. And then we, we went up to Laughlin, and then we drove back to Havasu that night. We got back here at 1.30 in the morning. You want to see a video of it, you're welcome to go to his Instagram. It's, uh, it's at Nitro Redneck Hubert. And uh, it's just a hilarious, it's, it's just a hilarious video because he stuck a nanner peel in the front of the Can-Am because he's sponsored by Polaris. And anyways, he's just kind of making fun of it and stuff. But it was great joke and, and uh, just, just good times. So like I said, he's great people. And uh, I encourage you guys to, uh, to meet him one day and, and to meet the entire Nitro Circus crew because Travis Pastrana, all those guys, um, they're just, like I said, they're just great people. So they would welcome you with open arms, that's for sure, on anything. So we'll have to uh, put on on the show notes. We'll put a link to his Instagram account because I yeah. will tell you this: you have got to watch that video from Casey and and Hubert the other night at the gas station. I have watched it multiple times, <laughs> and I have laughed and laughed and laughed. Yeah, well, so, hey, it, and it you'll get it Nola. once you watch it. Y'all will get it. Check that out. Yep, it includes Nala too. I can't believe Nala went in the Maverick with me in the X3 um, all the way from uh, the south side of Havasu. We went over, we went right at 200 miles that day, and uh, man, what a champ! She uh, she did it. So she was in the passenger seat riding with me, and uh, yeah, we we went uh, we went all the way. We met up with a few people along the way, which was super fun. Just random people out on the trail that he had announced it, and they were out there and joining in a little bit and. Um, we got pulled over and I don't know what else, everything, it was fun. So we, I didn't get pulled over. Let's put it that way. He got pulled over uh, <laughs> in his racer and, uh, you know, for his lights up front. Cause he, he had his flashing lights on, which was pretty funny. So anyways, he got pulled over. I ditched him into the desert and then we both met up going up this crazy rock climb. And I mean, if you've ever been in between Havasu and Laughlin, you'll know that this power line road that goes in between there is just boulder ridden with just like it, the whole road is just boulders. So we're going over this stuff and he ended up bending a radius rod on his car. And I, I not promo on the Can-Ams here, but the Can-Am did amazing um, on this stuff because it's got more ground clearance and everything. So I made it over the rock climb and he didn't. So whatever, you know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a four-seater, too, so I will give him that. But, um, yeah, the X3 was uh, was awesome on that trip. So, anyways, it's a good time. Like I said, go meet him one of these days, and that's all I got with that one. <laughs> and, cool. like I said, cool. no, I'm not a <laughs> – he's been staying in my house, but it, it's a uh, – it's, uh, in, it's uh, hotel, in, hotel Cordero, apparently. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like it. So That's anyways. just nuts. Just yep. nuts. We have just a couple more things that we'll throw out real quick. And then I guess it's time to wrap things up for this episode. And be watching. We're going to do some interviews here soon. Hopefully, Hubert will be on the podcast. Yeah, it'll okay. be fun. We'll get him on here. Let's go on and do what makes us happy. Every episode we do a what, what makes us happy. For this time around, I think you should go first. Uh, what has made you happy in the last couple of weeks? Well, it only makes sense that you, if you've seen that video from night uh, from Hubert um, on his Instagram. But uh, I will say that I will just promo it because you're going to have to go watch this video. The only way you're going you to have to watch it. Yeah, this is nanner traps. Nanner traps make me happy. And <laughs> like I said, you just need to go watch the video because he stuck a nanner trap in front of me on the X3. <laughs> And I was slipping and sliding all over the gas station because of that nano trap. So, anyways, <laughs> they just—it was a lot of fun. The Maverick was was uh, sliding all over the place, so that was good. But um, hey, you know what? 
go see that video because then you can understand what nanotraps are all about. And you have to, what really makes me happy is the way that he says it because in his redneck voice, it's yeah, it's all about how better. he says it. Yeah. Because it's not a banana trap, it's a nano trap. Yeah. There's the nano trap in front of the Can Am. <laughs> Again, we're professionals. Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. so that's anyways, awesome. Like I said, you got to go watch it because it's just uh, it's just hilarious. So, anyways, Nala makes a uh, striking appearance in there too, which is always good. Yes, I did notice that. So, get on with uh, with what you got going on here besides nanner traps. Okay, for me, what I've heard in the last couple of weeks, I'm a huge country music fan. Raised on it, love it. I, I love real country music. I'm not even going to go into that. But uh, I'm a fan of the Brothers Osborne. And they came out with a new single that's going to be on their new album that is just really, really good. And it's called Shoot Me Straight. And that, you guys can hear it in the background. It's just a great song. It's country. It's got a little bit of funk to it and I will absolutely put a link to it on the show notes because the song is well worth the buy without question I can't wait to hear like their entire album I'm going to buy their album so Brothers Osborne Shoot Me Straight is the single and that definitely makes me happy every time I listen to it there you go gotta have some road music man and some just rocking out office music you know Uh, two more things first what are we working on right now and again, I'm going to kick it to you, Casey, put you on the spot first. What are you working on like right now? Oh, man, I am uh, designing websites and stuff right now um, and just kind of rocking and rolling from there. Uh, nothing nothing too extravagant at the moment. Uh, I'm working on a couple travel plans um, and yeah, that's uh, that's about it. So I don't I don't have anything crazy. I will be uh, I will be working on the X3 here in the next couple days. Um, doing some things to that and shooting some video this weekend. So I'm excited about that. For me, and Casey knows this, we are already working on the next issue of the mag of ATV and UTV Escape Magazine. Going to be interviewing a buddy of ours, which I'm super excited about. We'll have him on the podcast as well. And that's already taken up a bunch of time and working on a lot of social media, uh, social media channels. So I've been super, super busy. Also, editing the video for the YXE1000R SSSE review video, I'm also super excited about because of some of the video I got staging that machine with smoke and lights, and it's just really fun to watch. I was, I'm was i super happy about that. I guess that's a shameless plug. I don't know. I was going to tell um, you to tell us more, but you can't, so you're just yeah, going to have to yeah, watch it. Yeah, no, it'll... I'm thinking it'll it should be out if not next week the following week, and you'll be able to see it in the new mag as well. Uh, the benefits of digital. All right, well let's wrap it up. We're uh, we've taken um, we've taken always uh, a, a little good amount of time, and we're thanking uh, we're thanking you guys for for definitely uh, listening to the podcast and being along the ride with us, and we're looking forward to uh, doing this more here in the very near future. And please. Wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe. We don't want you guys to miss an episode, and we promise they're only going to get better. Uh, as Casey said, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.